With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And good morning and welcome to the Falcons podcast. We are live at Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And we were live every morning on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Scott Kennedy, uh, every Monday and Wednesday at 9 a.m. So if you're listening to us after the fact, and I know the, the podcast, the audio version has really started taking off. Uh, and you want to join us live, that's where you can find us. So welcome in, everybody. I am your host, uh, Scott Kennedy. I am in Atlanta. My good friend over here is Nick Kendall. He is in Seattle, and we've been doing this for going on three years now and have a good time doing it. So, Nick, how are you doing this morning, my friend? I'm doing pretty well. Looks like it's going to be really heating up over here pretty soon. We're unfortunately going from winter to summer in a blink of an eye. They're so, showing some 90-degree uh, forecast coming up in uh next sunday and monday so got to get that air conditioner set up and uh hopefully it doesn't uh, melt us too much most of the houses out here don't have ac so it get, when it gets hot it gets really hot so uh yeah looking forward to it getting a little nicer but man i wish yesterday was beautiful sat out read a book had the set the dog down on a blanket and just was outside for about you know three hours just relaxing in the uh the spring sun so it was nice yeah on a on a 30 year house note put an air conditioner in it i don't care mm. if it's 10 grand 10 grand on a on a 30 year loan rolled into your mortgage is pennies on the dollar mm-hmm. you know just just get it because you might not need it often but by god when you need it you'll be glad you've got it yeah um you need air conditioning like that so uh want to say good morning to some folks who've come in early in the chat and then we'll hit some folks up as the the chat kind of hits hits all the places out there in the internet verse uh michael Renquio over out in arizona coming in nice and early he says good morning scott and nick on the falcons podcast and good morning to you as well Alan says, good morning, guys. Beautiful morning in South Georgia. I was close to your neck of the woods uh, this weekend, Alan. I was in Charleston uh, Saturday afternoon and Monday morning. And it was pretty nice down there, too. It was, you know, mid-70s and, and, mm-hmm. and partly cloudy. Just gorgeous. Uh, good to be back. Easy drive down to Charleston from Atlanta. One of the best cities in the United States. If you haven't been there, I recommend it. And Savannah, Charleston or Savannah, do one or do both. Uh, Victor Cummings says, good morning, Scott and Nick. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Uh, Victor runs a Brazilian-based Falcons podcast, and I, I was with him last week, and he's going to cut it up. He says, uh, today it'll come out tonight, and I'll tag you on Twitter. So follow us, follow me, and then I'll retweet it, and you'll know where to find Victor for the, the Portuguese version. We're, we'll do it in English on this one, though, because I don't speak much Portuguese. Roger Cook is back. Missed, us last, missed you last week. Says, after... after uh, Afternoon all. Glad to catch you live again after missing a week. And Mark Schrader coming in from Texas. He's uh, he's my early weather man. He's he, Whatever happens there is usually here about two, three days two, three days later. So welcome in, Mark. Glad to have you. So the topic of the day is a topic that went pretty bonkers over the weekend. Uh, we had it on um, we had it on all Falcons and uh, Dave Dave Holcomb wrote it up. Uh, allfalcons.com, but he's like, Colin Coward blasts the Falcons 2023 over under win total, which is just eight and a half wins. But considering I think it was four last year, the over, you know, if you look at it that way, 
Like, okay, well, they've doubled Vegas doubles what they think they were going to win last year, but they did win seven, you know, and Nick going into last year, we, they won seven games in Arthur Smith's first year in 2021. And then in 2022, I, I, you know, I said, and I think you agree with me, this team could be better, but could have less wins just because the schedule was a little harder, mm-hmm. but they ended up with seven wins again, and they were better. I think they were a considerably better team last year, even though they had the same amount of wins with seven. I think they they overachieved some, probably only favored in two. And now on paper, you know, it, it's and this is what Colin Cowherd said. He says, the Atlanta Falcons at eight and a half wins is the strangest line I've ever seen, hyperbole much. Desmond Ritter is their quarterback. Green Bay at seven and a half wins, also in a wonky division, also in the NFC, but at least that quarterback, Jordan Love, has been in a system for three years. Does he have as many passes as Desmond Ritter? Has he started four games? I don't think um, he has. You know, and here's the thing. It's like, you're going to say something like that. We've we've got four games uh, of Desmond Ritter. Is he the guy? He may, wear, may well very be a career backup. Okay, so you're hedging on that. May, might ever seen you don't know what you've mm-hmm. got you know so he had how his record his record last year was two and two was was 500 on a seven win team on a seven and ten team and they've poured a ton of resources into this team this team looks considerably better than last year's seven win team nick I mean, on paper, you, you're definitely correct on that. I mean, they've added a bunch of guys to the defense. That defensive line is significantly deeper, uh, which has been an issue on that Falcons team for two years now. Um, they should be much better on paper. Uh, you added a real difference maker in this, the last area of the defense and Jesse Bates, the massive amount of players you've drafted over the last couple seasons, specifically on the defensive side of the ball, should be that much better. And you added probably one of the most instant impact players in the entire NFL uh, this offseason and B. John Robinson to this offense. That was already a juggernaut in terms of running the football. So on paper, I think that, honestly, I think the line that Vegas said is good. I don't think it's asinine at all. I think this is right where I would set it as well Mm -hmm. because of the question marks regarding Desmond Ritter. I think the comments about Desmond Ritter are not completely off base. And I, you know, you know me, Scott, I am very much a seeing is believing, believing person. And Desmond Ritter, what, two and two last season? I'm a guy who watched uh, Drew Locke go, I think it was four and one in to close out 2019. And then the wheels completely fell off the bus. I need a broader sample size against different opponents, teams that actually are scheming away the weaknesses and issues against that quarterback. Uh, because eventually there's going to be a point where you can't just, you know, hand it off. You're going to have to be a drop back passer and pick apart the defense in that kind of pass game. So that's a complete wait and see for me at this point in this uh, structure of a uh, team. But the seven and a half, not asinine at all. I think that no, makes it was, a lot it was of sense. Eight, it's eight and a half. Eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half. Eight and a half. I don't think it's asinine either. That's about right where. No, I, mean, I, I think that's a. Good, I think that's a decent line. Yeah. So to say it's the strangest line I've ever seen because eight and a half wins is the easiest bet he'll ever make in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll put your money down. <laughs> let, let, let's see. Do it then. Put put hundred grand. Put hundred grand on the under and 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 see see what you think about that. You can afford that. Mm-hmm. Um. No, I um, you know, there there are questions around Desmond Ritter, but he doesn't have to be for this team to be a nine-win team, nine and eight, which will, might get you in the playoffs in the NFC, might mm-hmm. win you the division in the NFC South. He doesn't have to be spectacular, and the pieces around him, I think, are good enough that Arthur Smith's a good enough coach to scheme away the perceived weaknesses. And 
how, how weak could they be? We don't know for sure. I, I think with a full camp as the number one, four games under his belt, I think he can be an average NFL starter. Maybe a plus if you factor in what he can do in the RPOs because the guy's a 4-5-40 guy. You know, he's he he was the fastest at the NFL combine. Not Malik Willis. Malik Willis may be a little more of a shiftier runner, but the Stronger. fastest guy at the combine was Desmond Ritter. He's a hell of an athlete. So I feel like he might be the most disrespected player right now in the NFL. You know, oh, we like what the Falcons are doing, but oh, Desmond. I mean, what has Desmond Ritter shown? I understand that he hasn't shown enough to be the guy yet where we're saying, okay, this is a reason why they're they're going to win games. But why, what has he shown in the opposite direction, Nick, that says that this team can't win with him? That I mean, we we hear questions. Okay, I have questions. That's fine. But why, if it's not a positive, is it automatically a negative? I I guess it just comes down to the draft status that he played himself into going in yeah, the third so round. Nice. I it's that's typically the best indicator of success or not. Um, obviously, once you get drafted, it's a anything can happen. But historically, I mean, how many quarterbacks in the last decade that weren't first round picks went on to be plus starters? Uh, Dak Prescott. Kurt Cousins, Derek Carr. I think we're over a decade now since Russell Wilson's been drafted. And then Jalen Hurts. So you have four out of how many quarterbacks have been drafted. Not a great uh, overall sample size. So that, I think that's the biggest indicator, I guess, that we can go off of history. But... A, we're not talking about being a great quarterback. We're talking about even just being – not being the reason you're going to lose 12 games. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that's what it's boiling down to, Nick, is everybody's saying it doesn't matter what else the Falcons are doing. Because, oh, Desmond Ritter, oh, good Lord. And, and and the thing is, in the same sentence, I always say, well, they don't know what they've got yet. Okay, so why is it automatically he can't play? Yeah. I I don't know. I, I don't I don't quite get it. Like I've said, they're fixated. A lot of people, you know, um, who's the guy? Was it Router over at, or, or Rosenthal maybe, over at NFL.com that was just, I, I said fixated. All he can think is Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you spend $250 million, get six new starters on defense, and you move down a spot because, well, you didn't get Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. You know, and here, here's a decent question, but it, it is, uh, you know, and Roger Cook says, how many first rounders have failed, Nick? And a lot. And that that's the thing about it, though is the quarterbacks get elevated so much that if they can play at all, they're overdrafted to mm -hmm. a couple of rounds. So once they, that, that draft was almost an aberration. Once they started falling to have one guy go in the late twenties and Kenny Pickett, And then it was like, okay, well, we're not in any rush. You know, once we're out of the first round, we don't have to rush to take a quarterback. Um, you know, there's a lot of players at every position that have failed in the first round. That's why we like multiple shots. Yeah. Um, and, and for the first round failures, that's kind of a, I like to say as a stat head myself, a numerator is only as telling as its denominator. Obviously, if you go across, uh, there's going to be a lot of first rounders who have failed, but the proportion of quarterbacks drafted um, in the first round that have failed compared to the rest of the draft or even day two after that is significant. So it comes expectations for me. Yeah. You know, it's like how, how many of them, how many drafted after the first round even, even get a chance to start? You know, mm -hmm. where they are going into the season where they've earned the right where we're going to have this guy as our starter. Taylor Heineke can <laughs> play ball. Yep. He is he is an average, maybe even a slightly below average quarterback. He's on this yep. team. Yep. 
if I have him as my starter and we've never heard of Desmond Ritter, is this all of a sudden become the weirdest line we've ever seen at eight and a half wins? And that's what I'm talking about is why is it automatically a negative? What have we seen from Desmond Ritter that it's, oh my God, we cannot, I don't care if they've got the Ravens defense or the, the, the Tampa two that won a Super Bowl or the 85 Bears. It doesn't matter. They've got Desmond Ritter. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, man. And you made a point I was going to make too. I think like, let's say you Desmond Ritter doesn't exist. What's this line at? Seven, seven and a half. So I think Ritter with it being an eight and a half is probably makes sense. I mean, we saw what the the NFC East was pretty garbage uh, prior to last season with that uh, commander's team and Taylor Heineke kind of winning some games here and there. But I think, you know, eight and a half is a good line because that's one where I'm like, could I see eight wins? Yes. Could I see seven wins? Yes. Could I see nine wins? Yes. Could I see 10 wins? I think that's two wins up and two wins down is about the range I'm expecting here. Yeah, um, from I, 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 like I said, I think it's a fair line, which automatically means that calling it the strangest line ever and the easiest underbet in the history of the NFL and the entire league this year, that is a little odd. <laughs> yes, I agree. And that's that's just, again, not probably haven't watched the Falcons very much last season, knowing that the Falcons defense has been pretty damn dreadful uh, over the last couple of years, especially getting pressure and then having not a name at quarterback. I mean, when especially when you're the national guy and you're having to like talk equally about like formula one racing and the hockey playoffs and like all this other crap going on, you're not sitting there watching all of every single Falcons game. Like we are. So, I mean, I, I have a lot of, I like Howard still, even though he's sometimes a little sensationalist uh, for the headlines and whatnot. Uh, but this is one where I'm just going to pl- uh, write it off as ignorance. He hasn't watched this team. He doesn't well, know it, exactly what moves. They it made. doesn't, it doesn't keep him from pretending that he has. Yes. You know, because his quote is, how in God's name with Desmond Ritter, I know the division is weak. Can you be an eight and a half win team? Again, he may be a career backup. A career backup, Teddy Bridgewater at, at, at his prime as a career backup, a spot mm-hmm. starter, could come in and win eight wins with this team. How in God's name with Desmond Ritter, I know the division is weak. Can you be an eight and a half win team? Now, Atlanta has got one of the weaker schedules. I get it, but that doesn't historically matter when you have a C quarterback. Okay. Called him a C quarterback, at least. A C quarterbacks <laughs> could win nine games with his team. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's a lot of projection still for the defense coming together. Yeah. Also, like we have names on here, but uh, Nielsen as the full-time defensive coordinator, uh, a lot of different pieces in the defensive line. The How do they all meld together? wretched last year because they had no bodies out there. They should be better, but it's still projection uh, a tad. So, I, again, I'm... Just being a, I guess, a little bit of a devil's advocate here. I, I think that he's way over the top in what he said yeah. about this. Uh, but there's a reason that we're not, uh, you know, for sure AFC South bet winners or anything like no, that. I Eight and a half. I think good the number. line's okay. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I think the line's fine. I'm not blasting the line. And again, if you think it's the craziest line ever, put your house on it, man. Mm-hmm. Put your house on it. I, I was, you know, I, I, I've come across a few of these in my lifetime where I'm like, I would bet the house if I had one. 1993, 9-0 Auburn Tigers go to the 4-5 and five Georgia Bulldogs as a point-and-a-half underdog. Oh, the house, man. Put the house on it. I, I, think, I think Auburn beat them by 17. <laughs> you know, bet the house. That is one that was weird. That one sticks in my line for, you know, sticks in my mind. What, what was that, 30 years ago? Mm-hmm. That was this isn't something I'm going to be remembering. The eight and a half. And and Ryan Adonis says, What's the Vegas line? The Vegas over under total for wins is eight and a half for the Atlanta Falcons. 
Nick and I go, both agree. That's a fair line. I would probably, what would you do right now, Nick? And let's, let's go through this. You know, we know the division you're in. We know the opponents don't necessarily know the order until next week. The schedule comes out actually this week, it comes out this week. The schedule this comes week, out yeah. this week um, where we know the, uh, the, the schedule playing in the NFC. You know, what, what do you think of the eight and a half win total? What would you, what would you go on it? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's it's a perfect line for me because I think eight and nine, nine and eight is right where they're going. I think I'm a belie- I'm more of a believer in Arthur Smith than I am Desmond Ritter, and I mm-hmm. think that with the offensive instru- infrastructure they have in place on top of the schedule, that I might actually go over. It. And I've definitely been coming off as a bit of a naysayer here, but I'd probably go slightly like as Roderick Coke says here, naysayer because I really do believe in what Arthur Smith's scheme is and this counter uh to a lot of what teams are doing right now i mean you're going to be a change up or a slider when everybody's been going up against a fastball curve uh almost every single week so i think that's something that i, I do like the over slightly but it's a good line i, I don't want to i wouldn't touch it it's not one that i sniff it and be like oh my god this is the worst line i've ever seen this is yep. one where it's like flip a coin i mean <laughs> i don't know it's a i think it's a solid i personally i would say i might be biased it doesn't mean i'm wrong and Typically, I will hedge on the negative side. As a lifelong Atlanta sports fan, I am a jaded SOB. Mm-hmm. They do that to you. That's why I said when people try and talk trash, I'm like, you can't talk trash to a Falcons fan. You cannot hurt me any more than they already have. I promise you, you cannot. I, but I actually like the over on this. You know, I think a seven-win team, and, and you mentioned I'm a belie- big believer in Arthur Smith and what he's doing. Okay, who does Arthur Smith, who is he betting on? Desmond himself. Ritter. No, himself too. But yeah, Desmond Ritter. He's he's betting on Desmond Ritter. They've had a chance to go out. They could have traded up and gotten one of those quarterbacks. They could have made those moves. They could have done a lot of things. Instead, they said, we like what we've got in Desmond Ritter. We're going to get a competent backup quarterback who has started a lot in Taylor Heineke, pay him decent money. He's making more than Desmond Ritter, about three times more. But that's, you know, you get some starts in the league and stick around for a while. You'll make your money. And... Arthur Smith's betting on Desmond Ritter because I think the, the the coaching staff and Terry Fontenot and the players did a fantastic job last year to win seven games. Just fantastic. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do with players who haven't been pulled off the, the, the Tennessee Titans and Chicago Bears scrap heap. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of them now. You know, yep. there's a lot of them. You know, go across the defense. Um, you know, David Onyemata in the middle. Um, Caden Ellison, right up the spine. You know, we talked about the spine and the defense. Caden Ellis, David Onyemata, and Jesse Bates. Okay, good. Jeff Akuda, do you think he's going to be a better player this year? I think so, maybe. The offense should be better. Get healthy Kyle Pitts back with Desmond Ritter, Drake London, Tyler Algier, uh, Cordell Patterson, and the offensive line is in good shape. Oh, and I fixed left guard. This this is a team that should should win nine games. Uh, let's say hello to at, le- at least nine games. I, I would take the over on this one. Let's say hello to some folks now that the chat's opened up a little bit. It starts off 
Facebook finds everybody a little late. So, you know, we start off, we double our numbers by the time we hit 15 minutes uh, in. So I want to say good morning to some folks like Joe Cannon. He says, uh, great mo uh, great morning, Scott and Nick. Good morning to you as well. Appreciate you being here. And Joe, Chris Walker in early on Facebook as well. Heard that before, says, what's up? What's up to you? Um, let me see here. Andrew Newman, feels like a newer name. He says, good morning, y'all. Good morning to you as well. Aki Dragon, Broncos fan, coming in and join us. Appreciate you being here. And when I said the his, you know, his, the the comments a little odd. Andrew agrees. He is a little odd. Uh, Brian Bonner coming in also feels like a newer name. So mm -hmm. most of these commentators only watch highlights of this team. And to be fair, there weren't a lot of highlight plays last year for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, let's see. How about Cordell Patterson breaking the NFL record for kickoff returns? You know, it was a it was a ground and pound type of team last year. Not a lot of fancy going through the air, but no. Ritter got better every start. You know, I think he had like 175 yards passing his first two two games. Maybe the only game he watched was that uh, Thursday night game in uh, Carolina, and that yeah, one would make anybody think that. Uh, guess what? Not a good team. Marcus Mariota played that game. Yeah, I miss Joe Cannon's picture of uh, Marcus Mariota throwing one from his yeah, and, and waist Marcus on the ground. Marcus Mariota should have been benched after that game. Yeah, he should have. I don't think he quite was. I think coming out of that game, that should have been the end of Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Uh, Jay Roper's here. Good morning, Jay. Says, I woke up early enough. Well, glad you're here, Jay. Appreciate you being here. Uh, and Kevin says, Taylor Heineke is the only quarterback in the league not named Patrick Mahomes to beat the Eagles when Jalen Hurts was in the game. And he's our backup. Eight and a half wins is not unreasonable. No, it, it's not. No. Um, like I said, to call it the the strangest line I've ever seen, the easiest money to be made in the entire NFL. How many of y'all are running to bet the under? Because, when, because Colin Coward said that. How many people are out there running to bet the under, period? Because that's what Colin Coward said. Not me. Uh, that's the line that I'm smashing right now, and this is maybe me being biased, but uh, they think they said the Big Ten West, Iowa at seven and a half, and Iowa won eight games last year with the worst offense in the history of existence, and they brought in like 20 transfers on the offense. So, And they don't play Ohio State or Michigan next year. I'm betting the over on that Iowa. Well, line. Ryan asks, he says, I bet, I'd bet bet 1,000 on it. What's the return on it if you win? Just under 1,000 because it's even, and Vegas will take their commission out of it. Ironically, Vegas doesn't want to gamble. You know, when a big upset happens or something, they say, oh, Vegas really cleaned up on this one. No, no, no. They they move the line until money is equal on both sides. That way they win no matter what. They want their 5%. They don't, they're, they're, they don't want to gamble. That's the, that's the most ironic thing about, about Vegas. The odds are in favor of the house, and they're taking a piece of every piece of action. They want to be brokers. They are brokers, not gamblers in Vegas. Yeah, those uh, those buildings and glitzy hotels and cocktail lounges weren't built on charity. That's for damn sure. Uh, Ryan Adonis says the defensive line will be a lot better than last year. Let's start there, Nick. Um, let me see. Last year, uh, a lot better. I think the second unit for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, which plays thirty five percent of the snaps. You know, when you know, I, I was a big fan of um, Samir Abdullah. Right, I've already forgotten his name. Abdul Anderson, so I'm yes. thinking of Abdul yeah. Anderson. I, he came in a cut. He was cut by the Falcons, re-signed to the practice squad, and moved up, played really well. Taquan Graham got hurt, I think, in the Bears game or the week, week before the Bears, Bears game. So he missed a good third of the season. He was really good. Grady Jarrett's really good. The edges were better, but not good. 
Mm-hmm. I think there's more there this year. But you've got – you had your choice of all of those guys, and then you've added. You've mm-hmm. added to it. Eddie Goldman is coming out of retirement. There's a 300-pounder who is a competent pro. David Onyemata is a plus pro on the defensive line. Taquan Graham is back, and hopefully he comes back. And I don't even want to say continues the trajectory because he went from D minus to B. You know, he's not going to A plus 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 plus. He's not the, the, the to continue the trajectory that he was on in a straight line. He'd have to be Aaron Donald this year. So yeah. just slight improvements. Come back healthy. Yeah, get healthy. Play as well as you were playing last year. Maybe a little better. Yeah, Clayus Campbell also another name to toss out there for. I mean, the unit will be better, and we saw with the Eagles last season. Did the Eagles have any true A plus players in the defensive line? Maybe Javon Hargrave was up there as well. Got paid like it, but really, what Walter made the Cox, Eagles? They're all they're pretty Cox's, good. He's fallen off a bit. Uh, he's still good, but he's not. Fletcher Cox of six years ago. But I digress. The, what made that Eagles the team? Brandon Graham played. He 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 was pretty good last year too. He was fine. Uh, I was gonna. I think what really made that team special, though, was that they went eight deep. Uh, the yeah. fact that they could rotate like they did, not have like, any drop off, uh, and just no other team had that depth. So that's a good point as well. We'll see about the uh, cornerback room here with the Falcons as well. But I think that defensive line will be much better. I don't think they're going to be the. Uh, I don't want to say laughing stock, but the struggling team that f- struggles to get uh, pressure and pressure stats on opposing passing games this upcoming season, like we saw the last two. Yeah, and what's what's interesting is they added a lot of they the, the edge hasn't gotten a lot better, um, but you've got more good defensive linemen and Anya Mata mm-hmm. and Caden Ellis. I think both would have finished second on the team in sacks behind Grady Jarrett last year. Um, it was like I think yes. Grady had six and Ellis might have beaten him because for some reason I thought he had six or seven. I'll have to I'll have to look it back up. Um, and Anya Mata had five or six right up the middle. Jesse Bates actually had some rushing the passer. Um, then you got Bud Dupree coming in. He can get to the passer a little bit. Again, a nice, competent pro. Is he immediately become, you know, the second coming of of Derek Thomas? No, no, no. But he's is he better than than Ade Ugandeji, who probably yeah. saw the second most snaps at edge last year behind Lorenzo Carter. You just yeah. got better. You know, if, if I can move Ugandeji down to sixth, maybe off because I've got five guys better. You should be, you're going to be better at edge um, just through the investments there. I want to say good morning to Gary Lee's Palmer. Gary Palmer won the random uh, generated drawing for his uh, his free jersey last night. So, congratulations. Yeah, I thought Ellis had seven sacks and I mm-hmm. thought Grady had six. So, um, I don't remember. That's what threw me off. It's like, I remember Ellis, but I thought, I didn't think anybody we brought in for the Falcons had more sacks than Grady Jarrett, but I thought Grady had just six. So maybe yeah. so. But I want to say thank you to, uh, to Gary for coming in with this, uh, the super chat. Appreciate you, Gary says, good morning, Nick and Scott. And uh, thank you for helping to support the show. My friend, always a pleasure to see you. Peace. Uh, good to see you. Never got to get on out of here here soon uh, to, to cover the Broncos as well. But uh, yeah, overall final thoughts on Colin Coward, uh, I don't think he, I'm not going to take too much away from it again. He covers every team and he's out there for the soundbite. Uh, he's out there to get as much as possible uh, to get people inflammatory. That's, you know, kind of his game out there uh, covering the team. And I don't think it's the most crazy line we've ever seen at eight and a half for the Falcons. I wouldn't be touching it personally because again, maybe I'm a little bit 
not biased. That's the wrong word. But but I saw what happened with Drew Locke, and mm -hmm. eventually it does. That's a bias. Happen. It's okay. We're yeah, all biased. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you recognize your bias, and I remember, and it, it has warned me off of it. I I think Ritter is a already a better professional than Drew Locke, and I think the infrastructure around him. How many coaches? Have, you know, that was three years ago. Mm -hmm. Broncos have been through three coaches since then. Yeah, <laughs> and then also just talking about like, oh, we had so much better on paper. Well. Last season, I'm I'm very even more seen as believing after last year. Oh, the Broncos' bottom line is probably the playoffs with Russell Wilson. They end up getting the fifth overall uh, pick in the draft. Worst, with worst that, record so. in, the, in the NFL. Yeah, God, there was so, so much new last year, and there's a lot of new on defense. Yeah, but the defense wasn't good. Yes, <laughs> you know. So your Dean Peace was getting it done with duct tape, smoke, and mirrors last year, mm -hmm. um, and he's like, sure, now you spend all that money on on defensive players. We're going to get out of here. I want to say hello to my friend Barney Young. I haven't seen Barney in way, way too long. I hope you are doing well down if you're still living south side. Barney and I go back probably, we probably don't want to say how old that is. I don't want to give you away. But Barney and I go way back to when I was breaking into recruiting way back when. And a uh, really good dude. Good to see you, Barney. Hope things are, hope things are going well. Um, but we are going to hop on out of here. We will be back Wednesday morning. Uh, same channel. Uh, same channels, 9 a.m. We're going to talk a little bit more Desmond Ritter on a national scale. There's some some things going around. I've also got some uh, nice draft reactions I've seen where NFL personnel love the Bijan Robinson pick. NFL draft analysts say it's almost indefensible. So I'm looking forward to talking about that one on Wednesday. And we will be back Wednesday morning, 9 a.m., same place, same time. If you want to join us over at Mile High Huddle for a little more football talk, we're heading over there right now. Otherwise, we'll see you Wednesday morning. Thanks for being here, everybody, and uh, hope you have a great week. Peace. Have a good one.